Dr. Tony Evans, thanks for joining us here on Ministry Grid. Uh, I wanted to talk about racial reconciliation. Mm -hmm. uh, you just wrote a book, Oneness Embraced. First, tell me, why should racial reconciliation uh, be important uh, for the church? Well, the main reason is that uh, the death of Christ reconciled people into one body. So theologically, it has to do with, mm -hmm. uh, with one of the goals of the gospel. But practically, in terms of our everyday living, God is a unified being, and so he does not operate in illegitimate divisions. So if people are divided illegitimately, you've actually blocked God's mm -hmm. presence and his manifest glory out of our midst. So the division of the church has really kept God at bay. All right. Um, dear white people, I thought that I would go ahead and get on here. And this was heavy on my heart this morning. After reading the response to a post. And I was really conflicted with it. Because the biggest, the biggest issue is race. It's pretty evident that race is the issue, not just here in America, but it just in the world in general. Because of history, because of the past, we all have preconceived notions about who people are and what they're capable of on this particular post um, for those of you who already know uh, Kobe Bryant passed away a week ago today and of course it was very devastating and not only did he pass away but his daughter and seven other passengers including three uh, uh, two other players on uh, Gigi's team that I believe Kobe was coaching. Uh, first of all, these families will never be the same. Um, it is a tragic loss uh, for the family. Um, and they have to find a way to continue to on with their lives, you know, despite what happened. But it's a particular reporter, I guess, decided to take it upon herself um, to mention Kobe's past. And a writer uh, took it upon himself um, to address this writer, not just as a person, but as a white woman. And he made some really good points. That's why I said it was a good read. The points that he made was I, even myself, I personally sometimes feel that when I'm in an elevator with a white woman, if she's on one side, I specifically go to the other so that she will not feel threatened. That's real. I understand that. And that's an issue on both sides. For her, she might not have been thinking about me at all. She was probably just standing there, you know, tending to her phone or her purse uh, like trying to get something out it's like oh it's just another guy on the elevator but to me i may think that she thinks i'm a threat and it's the issue of fearing somebody else's fear that's a problem 
So we need to advance from that. We need to have these conversations where people understand where the other person is at. Be have an understanding of their experience. But because of things that have happened, because of us passing on these ide this ideology that one race doesn't understand the other or hates the other, we need to change that. We need to change the narrative. So my um and I'll tell you this experience I had, I remember walking into a food line and I went in there and the manager who was a white woman came up to me and said, I'm sorry, sir, you can't be here. I'm like, what do you mean? Um, we just had a man come in that fits your description and steal from us. And I'm sorry, you just can't be here. And I'm like, okay. So I left and I came back, you know, I was looking in the magazines. Like, I'm sorry, sir. You can't be here. And I was like, wow. And this was in the 90s. So I left. Um, fast forward, my mom takes me to a car dealership. And um, she she's trying to talk to this guy because I was interested in a car. Now, this guy, a salesman who was white, was talking. And, he, and the way he was selling the car, he was selling it based off what he perceived as the best way to sell a car to a black man. He was like, yeah, man, you can put a system in here. You can put some rims on it, but you don't know what you don't know. He did not know. He did not know how offensive his sales pitch was. I knew what he was doing, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, I'm not going to put a system in it or rims because that's not what I prefer. I just want a car that runs and that's durable and that's dependable and that has longevity. That's what I want. So we got in the car and mom said, no, I can't let this sit. So she gets out of the car and goes speaks to him and let's and let him know how offensive that was. But I bet you no one has ever called him out on it before that day. That's real. I understand that. But what I personally don't agree with is having every white person apologize for being white. And I recently responded to a post saying a girl, a white girl in her mother's womb right now is already being hated, already has animosity towards her because she will be born white. She will be born with what America describes as white privilege. She will grow up to love music, to love probably love sports and just love it for what it is but people will all us primarily us black people will look at her and say you don't understand what it means to be black she could easily say you don't understand what it feels like to be a white woman accused of something that she never did and what also bothers me about this is that we are so quick to jump on another race that does wrong to us but won't say or do anything when we do something to ourselves that's not cool 
when I was 25 years old and I've admitted to this in several different occasions, my ex-girlfriend and I aborted our child. We were both black. Whether you see this or not, that's black on black crime. And the reason being is because we did not give our child the opportunity to live. We decided to take that responsibility to take that um, decision in our own hands. Nobody talks about that. There's a suicide rate within the black community. We are killing ourselves. Nobody wants to talk about that. There's crime uh, against each other due to gangs, domestic violence. We don't want we don't want to talk about that. The moment a white cop kills a black child. It goes to the news. Front page. There's rallies. There's sit ins. There are deep discussions, there are arguments, riots. But the moment one of us kill our own, it's just another day. And my issue is if you're going to have fire for one, that fire should burn for the other. It should be just as, as compassionate. It should be just as strong. And I know this is an unpopular opinion, especially coming from a black man, but I'm just I personally believe that whether you're white, Hispanic, you're Mexican, European, Asian, Australian, it does not matter. You can be a jerk in any race with any ethnicity. You can be a jerk in any language. Doesn't matter who or what you are. I believe that God created different races to make us different and unique not to divide us it also shed lights sheds light on God's diversity on his ability to make different people for different areas and for specific situations but also to unite us Martin Luther King just didn't fight for black rights he fought for all rights for all people to come together and have a commonality as human beings. And if one thing we all have in common is that we all bleed the same. We all bleed. And that really bothered me. And I realized that I felt like if I was to say this, I would lose credibility in the black community. I thought that if I said this, that I would lose friends and that it will cause arguments with my other black friends. I thought that if I say this, this will be an issue. I thought that if I said this, people will automatically categorize me as a Republican. You know, back in the day, being Republican, the Republican Party was predominantly black. If you read up on the history and if you want a fat check, it's true because I read that. And then it just trans transformed. It was taken uh, completely out of context but I am for all human rights I am and I'm a Christian I believe as a human being you have a right to the same rights as everyone else I believe that as a human being and I would treat you as such I would not demean you like I said 
we can have um, decent conversation, but it doesn't matter who or what you are. If you're a jerk and you're deliberately um, trying to be vindictive, then that's an issue. And I think that no matter what we do, when we're hurting, we hurt other people. So there's something much deeper going on. It's a deeper issue. And this is one thing that I've learned from many pastors, and it's so true. And he even says it in the Bible. Not sure what specific passages, but it does speak on fighting spiritual battles with spiritual weapons. Race is only primarily based on the surface, but it is a much deeper rooted issue. It's the type of thing that the devil feeds into and they say, oh, yeah, it's like um, you have um, a, a, a ring full of animals. And he's like, I know that if I throw this piece of meat into the middle, they're going to kill each other trying to get this, this one thing. And I believe the devil uses racism to throw in the middle of our ring of collected people. To make us get upset at each other. And I will say this because I do believe it. Personally, as you all know, I have a podcast titled The Glory in Our Stories. About two year, two or three years ago, we had a, a meeting in downtown Augusta about a Confederate statue um, on Broad Street. And it was held by James Aaron Snow. Um, myself uh, my now fiance and a friend of ours and we we were trying to get an understanding of everybody's perspective on the issue and I realized that everybody had their own opinion which everyone is entitled to but a lot of us do not want to hear it and when you have that one-on-one -on -one interaction you begin to have an understanding so I started doing this podcast uh, not just to interview um, black people, but just people in general. And to get an understanding of your journey, it is so easy for us to look at you and say, yo, you do this. But until you get an understanding of why you will never fully comprehend their experience. So I like sitting across from buried people because it challenges my thinking. It challenges um, my ability to listen to something that probably would bother me. And it's probably something that I don't agree with. But that doesn't mean we can't relate. It doesn't mean we can't find any commonality between each other. It also bothers me um, with the issue with Chrisette Michelle. What happened? Because she sang at the White House, and it just so happened to be in in the company of President Trump. Black Twitter just went in on her. This the black community in general, and Chrisette Michelle mentioned that she performed specifically to bridge a gap. And people are are like baby and um. Dirty dancing. They trying to put her in the corner. 
and I'm specifically saying in my own way, baby doesn't go in, baby doesn't belong in the corner. I know I'm butchering that quote verbatim, but I just, I believe that if we're going to address one issue, we need to address all issues. Race isn't just, um, race is an issue on the surface, but it's also a more deeper rooted problem. And I'm not saying that people should just stop talking about race. I'm not saying that. I am saying as a person of color, that's not just the just the one side of it. It's many different angles. Now, somebody may listen to this and hear me and say, no, I don't agree. And to be honest, the analogy that I use is that we're all looking at the same basketball, right? Or we all looking at the same baseball. For those of you who are familiar with the baseball, um, Rawling, I think is R. A W L I N G is a brand that that makes baseballs, and you look picture a baseball is white with red stitching. You place this baseball on the on a table, on an even table, and it doesn't roll off. And you set us in a table, a round table, and you place that ball in the middle, and we look at that ball. Or and when you ask us to describe it, it's the same ball. It's just seen from different angles. So I think that we need to, I think that we should not only address the surface, but address what's underneath. Like, what's the real issue? There's so much hate going on. But that hate could have been generated because somebody else has just had a bad life. Just a bad life. And for and in this situation regarding this article, um, I do think that this woman should be aware of her words, not just on people, but on black men. I think I think she should be aware. But for all white women who don't think like that, that's not fair. That is totally not fair. That's not fair for just a random white woman to be accused for being white and possibly racist or possibly non-understanding. I don't think that's fair. I used to think that um, kids who, you know, had a lot of money, who kids who were 16 and got their first car, kids who by what, 18 already have enough money saved up because of their parents to go to school for four full years. I am like, man, that's not fair. It must be nice. That child did not come out of the womb saying with those with the um understanding how blessed they were. They didn't ask for that. All that child wanted when it first came out was milk and to be loved to be fed physically and emotionally and spiritually. That's all that child needed. We can't blame a child for being blessed. Black, white, Asian does not matter. You can't, we can't blame anyone for being born into something. 
I do believe that we should all strive to understand each other. But to continuously put ourselves in a position where we're just being divided, that didn't sit well with me. And I know that uh, some people may not agree, and I'm not disregarding anybody else's perspective or point of view. But if there's anything that I can, and that's one other thing where most of us get so caught up with the government and everybody else making certain decisions. And that's true. They can. You know, I'm not disregarding voting. I'm not disregarding getting involved in politics. I'm not disregarding meeting up to make plans for the city to make things better. But once you leave those meetings, once you write those letters, once you sign those petition petitions, what are you doing yourself to better the community? What are you doing yourself to better your family, the people's people closest to you? What are we what are we doing personally when we look ourselves in the mirror? What changes are we willing to make? I think that's the bigger I think that's the bigger, bigger issue. I'm not perfect in any way, but I'm I'm just I'm personally tired of fighting. I'm tired. Tired of feeling a certain way. I can't control how somebody looks at me. I can't control what they hear or what they see. But I can control my reaction. I can't control how I treat people. I can control that. And if there's anything that I can do to make this better, I will do it. But to blame all for a few, that's not cool. It's funny because there are certain restaurants that have given people food poisoning. And yet there are still people going to that restaurant. Even though somebody else have, may have heard about it. To them, they're like, well, I haven't I haven't experienced food poisoning here and I like the food. So I'm going to continue to eat there. I ain't gonna lie for me. I don't I don't eat at Wendy's anymore. I've gotten food for food poisoning from there twice, I think. So I don't eat there. So in relation to this, I understand people who do not view another race in a, with a with a kind uh, connotation because of several bad experiences. I totally I totally understand that. But at one at what point does somebody choose to meet that person where they are and say, "Hey, I apologize that you had this experience." But I will not do this to you. I will not treat you that way. That's not the way I was raised. So what can I do to help you feel safe? That person does not have to apologize for being who God created them to be. You shouldn't have to apologize for that. My mom told me years ago that I do have a responsibility as a black man and I'm taking it. I'm making sure that I make good decisions, realizing that I am being watched and realizing the impact that I do. God made me black for a reason, but he didn't make me black to be 
divided from my brothers of different countries and different backgrounds. He didn't make me to be divided from my sisters of different colors and different backgrounds. Backgrounds. He made us different to mirror him, to mirror how how consistent yet multi-layered he is. My friend mentioned this now in this. He said, it's so funny when you learn that your issue is not that you're limiting yourself, but you're limiting God. You're limiting the your creator who created you. Why would you do that? Why would you limit a limitless God? God made us different not to limit us. But to remind us that we have a boundless opportunity to learn from each other and to grow and to reflect him as best as we can. So. Yes, um, for the world, race is a reality, but it doesn't have to be a consistent mindset that sets us apart. Let's continue to have conversations. Um, let's continue to meet each other where we're at. But for a for you to apologize for being what God created you. And for you to be blamed for what your ancestors 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 did. It is not your fault. It's not. If you think about it, all of us should be apologizing. If you want to go that route, all of us want should be apologizing because it was Adam and Eve that sinned. And that's been passed on up until today. So if anything, we should apologize. We should apologize for for being sinners. But most of us don't want to do that. But see, <laughs> Jesus came so that despite our sin, we can still be loved. We can still develop a relationship. We can still be promised a position in the kingdom of heaven. Have our names written in the book. We can still have that promise. We can still be in his presence. And he came to bridge that gap. So despite our differences. We're still capable of love. We're still capable of consideration. Sin no longer has a hold on us. It's no longer a ball and chain. It's no longer a deal breaker. Because of Jesus. And because of what he did. And the sacrifice that he made. Martin Luther King did what he did. So that race shouldn't have to be a deal breaker. Race shouldn't have to be a division. Because we're all human beings. And I think we need to continuously. Try to understand each other for what we are. And for who we are. But also. We do need to. Stop putting on people something they didn't ask for. 
stop attacking each other. That's my opinion. And if you don't agree, I perfectly understand. Black, my black, my fellow uh, black um, brothers and sisters, if you do not agree and in your mind, it's like, well, that's not the experience I had. I understand that. I perfectly do. But I personally think that we should stop attacking each other and stop blaming each other for being where and who God created us to be. I don't think that's fair. So, um, I say this to end this, uh, dear, <laughs> dear white people. Thank you for those who are considerate of my experience as a black male, as a black man. Thank you for being kind and, and thank you for being someone with a, a good heart. But I'm telling you that since you are inherently kind and considerate empathetic and sympathetic you don't have to apologize for what your ancestors did you don't have to apologize because you're different you know that you're different you know that you're intentional you know that you're relational you don't have to prove that to me you don't have to prove that to me because to be honest the deeper issue is spiritual it's not on a surface level it's much deeper than that and if we want to attack this we need to attack it from the root because as long as something takes root it's going to keep growing so y'all have a wonderful day uh, this is Calvin Wayne Pennywell Jr. host of The Glory in Our Stories 